Are you ready to have an open and honest discussion about sex and spiritual wellness without secrets, censorship, or barriers? This is Unbuckled with your host, Christy Ann Bella. In this program, there are no topics that are off the table, from religion to health, feelings to sexuality. Get ready to hear from some incredible people. And now, here's Christy Ann Bella. Hello, I am Christiane Bella, and welcome to Unbuckled. Today, we are unbuckling stories of coming out and music and community and all around choosing love in life and uh, and how that helps things unfold. With me today is my guest, Ben Karen. Welcome, Ben. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So I had the pleasure of meeting Ben when... Uh, mutual friends were throwing this amazing celebration and I'm sure I've met you before, but it was one of those moments when like you click with someone Yes, and, um, and your music just really touched me. And the story that you told beforehand about growing up in a small town and, and coming into your own and this beautiful harmony between, and I funny the word harmony between your, your love for gospel and music and growing up in the church and, and this community and, and coming out. Um, and so I, I was just like, so excited at the idea of like, I'm like, Oh, this is one of those stories that I think, you know, young LBGTQIA plus youth, um, or even adults out there. Like I had a client recently who was like, Oh my God, I'm still punishing myself, you know? So I think it's so important to hear and share these stories and build that space of like loving who you are as you are and, um, and the ways we figure out how to get there. <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, it's not always a, a well-worn path. So, um, so let's start there because you actually made a web series documentary about going back to your hometown where you grew up. Um, so tell us a little bit about that experience of revisiting for sure. Yeah. Um, thanks for asking. And it's good to be with you too. Um, yeah. So interestingly, as you were saying that for the first time, I actually framed the web series as being about trying to offer the understanding to people who offered generous understanding to me. And what I mean by that is that, um, I grew up in a town that didn't have any gay people, any openly gay people, I'm sure statistically speaking, there must have been gay people through all of the generations that existed in this town. And uh, I grew up in this really incredible sort of idyllic farm town in Iowa, very small town. And my experience was that I was a little bit of an outsider. My family moved there from California when I was young. Um, But most people who grew up in this town, they're multi-generational. So the same families have lived in this town for multiple generations and they sort of intermarry between the families and they've created this incredible story of the history of these people and, and this town that they've created together. And I was always a little bit of an outsider inside of this town Um, an outsider in a lot of different ways, because I was sort of, um, I was an outsider in the sense that I was a very sensitive, emotional child in a culture that I think generally does not, um, does not encourage vulnerability or sensitivity in men, especially. Um, So that made me a little bit of an outsider. I was also a little bit of an outsider because I was always very artistically driven and so very expressive. Um, Always wanted to paint and draw and wanted to sing and dance and play and make plays and create theater. And uh, the, the, the sort of value system inside of uh, I would say generally the Midwest in my experience is that, um, or at least I can speak for the parts of it that I experienced is that they very much value what they sort of see as kind of um, like physical labor based um, uh, like activities. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the sense of um, uh like football, sports are huge, right. right? Sports are a big thing that bring the community together, that connect people. Um, obviously, it's an agricultural area, so there's a, a deep respect for and a value of agriculture, farming, yeah. farming right? Um, deep respect for sort of like the technical arts, you know, uh, people who who fix things or et cetera. But anything that kind of is about being sort of emotive or expressive generally is devalued. Um, there's a lot to unpack about that, but... It, all this to say, like, because these were sort of like, this was 
where what I was driven by in general, it was hard for me to fit in, I think, in a way. Um, I was also just like a very odd child, you know, like, I, like, to be fair, like, I'm sure people just didn't know what to do with me because I was also like a very strange kid. And I think in some ways, strange in the sense of like, not, not very like a lot of the other kids. And I think that to be fair, you know, everybody struggles to, to sort of like figure out well, how do you relate to somebody who is really different than you. And this ties into the web series because through my whole life in living there, I sort of was in this process of constant like assimilation and hiding Just, repression. Yeah. Um, partially I'm sure for my own, out of the stories that I was telling myself and my own self like fear and self perception. And um, I had this experience of when I, when I did ultimately come out, I had moved to Los Angeles and I came out, I actually experienced pretty much total love and acceptance from everybody in my hometown. So I was making a lot of uh, fear-based decisions based off what I thought they were going to do. And what I really appreciated is that the folks in my town, every time that I came home, I was always greeted with, with open arms and a lot of love and a lot of, um, especially the folks in my life who were the, like my close friends made a real concerted effort to try and like understand my experience and to, to support me, even though, even though maybe they couldn't initially understand because they didn't know any people that were gay, they really, they made the effort to try and understand. And so the web series in some ways I'm processing it now as like, it was a reciprocation of that generosity in the sense that since sort of, you know, Iowa kind of swung towards uh, conservatism, it used to be a very kind of purple state, but then uh, like it, Iowa voted presidentially for Obama, both of his uh, um, elections, and then voted for Trump for both of those wow. elections. So it really kind of made the swing over. And I, I kind of felt that swing happening as I, as time passed after I left. And so the web series was a way of trying to show up in a spirit of generosity to ask more questions than have answers and to try and not make assumptions about people and why they choose the things they do and feel the way they do. And so it was a multi-part web series that basically was just me sitting in conversation with families from back home, trying to figure out like what had changed since we'd last seen each other. What do you think would, would drive folks in to want to have this sort of shift in political ideology? And also what does it mean in 2020 or 2019 to live in a small town? Because a lot has shifted just right technologically, yeah. geopolitically, culturally, since I left. Um, it's been 15 years since I lived in, in this town. So I just wanted to understand, like, how is the world different now than the last time I saw you? And so, yeah, that's available on YouTube, and you can find it on my uh, on my YouTube, which is Ben Karen Creates. Um, it's B-E-N-C-A-R-O-N creates that maybe it'll be in the show notes yes um <laughs> great yeah. uh but yeah that was a really healing experience for me and it's also an ongoing project because i'm still in the process of trying to understand and ask questions and that's so important like you said to be curious to be willing to even go back in retrospect and see you know where was i maybe projecting my mm -hmm. own fears um as well as like holding accountable the spaces that you're in where, you know, there is this part that society compels us to like disassociate sometimes and, and conform and be like, well, why you're a boy. Why don't like you like to play sports? You, you know, everybody else around here plays sport, you know, these things like that were, were taught, um, you know, I had something like growing up, like an Italian girl in an Italian Catholic neighborhood in Brooklyn. It was like, what do you mean? You don't want to get married and have kids. Like you're right. supposed to like, you need to learn how to cook and keep a house and like go get a husband. And I'm like, I don't know that that's my dream. <laughs> you know? So we have these moments where it's like, okay, I can see your story. Um, turning in, right. Yeah. So, so yeah, to, to be able to go back with, with this compassion to want to understand, um, what, yeah, what you might have, you know, what, what's going to just help you have a better understanding of yourself, right? Because we really are all just like mirrors of each other. And yeah. To, to go back in with that space of wanting to seek to know them, not so much of like, please know me and, you know, but I, I'm actually seeking to know you, which is something I think we, we often miss in the world when we feel like we're 
marginalized or unseen or, or you know, is like, like, oh, please see me. But it's like, you know, how do you also go into that space with curiosity of like uh, welcoming what, yeah, what somebody else is trying to share? I think it can really transform the energy when one enters with a spirit of generosity with the intention to first understand and then to be understood, right? And that's a very difficult practice. It's really difficult for me, for sure. And I think there's times where I have come in really like adamant about being understood. And generally, I think that that oftentimes leads to the sort of defensiveness and the polarization that we tend to find. Right. It's it's a bunch of people shouting at each other in a void. Like there is no actual, like there is no reciprocity going on. There is no exchange actually happening because there's no listening, you know? And, and I agree, I think as marginalized people, we can feel that we are unheard, that our voices are silenced. And so we, we sort of show up really strongly wanting to be heard, but that, again like there has to be some receptivity and what i found is that generally if i can be generous and and step forward and offer to listen first that 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 will open up greater possibilities of an actual exchange um i i work with this organization called braver angels which is um it's a, a depolarization or a bridge building organization that's working all around the country with chapters in most cities to try and bridge the political divide that is sort of tearing our country apart and they have this incredible method that they developed called the ILAP method and it's uh it's basically based around the idea that the first step is always listening it's uh, the i and ILAP is is invite and then the L is listen. And the A is acknowledge. The P is pivot. And then the other P is perspective. So the idea is that within this methodology is that first you open up a space for somebody to feel heard. Then you have to acknowledge the fact that you heard what they said and acknowledge that their feelings are valid, right? And this method comes from marriage counseling. The guy who invented it was a marriage counselor. So it's um, very common, I think, in yeah. sort of like, you know, licensed family mm-hmm. marriage therapy yeah. circles, right? Um, and so, uh, and then then once somebody actually feels really heard and acknowledged, then there's the opportunity to what they call pivot, which is to ask the other person, would you be open to, are you available mm. to hearing my perspective? Right. And really, honestly, if the answer is no, there's no use doing it in the first place, right? And so if we start straight from this place of, mm-hmm. I want to offer you my perspective, but the other person is not consenting to that moot conversation, right? There's no listening happening. There's no reason to even engage in the dialogue. So I think listening first is like, it is, it is the only way that I've seen it work, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's just the opportunity to, to feel present, I think, you know, when we're like, we're, you're literally presenting something, you're presenting your perspective, you're presenting your story or whatever you're sharing. It's like, so, you know, are you, are you receiving this present? Are you present in the moment to receive this gift I'm giving you of, of being vulnerable and being willing to share and being willing to come into that space? Um, and so you had mentioned earlier about, you know, stepping into this, healthy masculinity and and vulnerability what are some of the tools that helped you find what that means not necessarily having had role models for that Mm. um community for sure um just being amongst other folks who are on in that same journey and being able to sort of share stories and and offer support to one another in the sort of evolution of our masculinity, like having great male friends who are also in that same exploration and holding each other, not only accountable, but also compassionately. And and when we sort of overstep or misstep or act out a pattern that is not really, it's not inherent to us, but it's sort of culturally ingrained in us to really like acknowledge and be like, yeah, that thing was maybe not skillful, but also like, Hey, we're figuring it out, right? Like you're, you're, you're at least aware enough to realize that. And also you have an intention to learn and grow and evolve. So community for sure is super important. Um, I would say that like self-reflection, self-work is like there, 
within me, I am constantly in a, in a self-inquiry, a self-contemplation, yeah. right? Like I'm in the process of trying to be in discovery of what's showing up, to be aware of what's showing up, and then to kind of like make a commitment to fully understand it and then make different choices and like program different behaviors as best yeah. I can. So there, I, I have to have like personal responsibility in order right. to make any progress whatsoever. Um, it's the fine print. It's the asterisk right. <laughs> that we all want to sometimes ignore. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. That's right. It's me. It's, I just listened to, it's great that we're talking about this because I just listened to the podcast with you and Christy Lynn Hicks, which oh, is yeah. how we came right, together because right. we're both trained by Christy. We yeah. were both part of her yoga blind community and you two got to that epiphany, which is the idea that yoga is really about personal responsibility, that like most of what is, most of the blocks or the, 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 mm -hmm. um, the hangups that are happening are yeah. self-created within myself. And so there is, there's certainly ways in which I can sort of rail against the patriarchy mm -hmm. and be like, oh, the system, right. but, and that, that the system does need to change. Mm -hmm. The world does need to change, but there's also like the exact mirror images happening inside of me. Right. And so I could do as much work as I want to out in the world. And it's still the patriarchy who will live inside of me. Yeah. Right. And so I have to also do that level of personal accountability, personal responsibility and self-work just sort of turn the corner there. Otherwise we would, we could, we could change the entire system and then we would just recreate it again because yep. that's all we have inside of us. Mm -hmm. Right. So the new paradigm has to be Ooh. born like within first. Right. Yep. I mean like literally, so <laughs> we were talking before we came on air because uh, Ben is like arriving in transit, you know, about to go to the airport. My husband and I just had this deep conversation this morning, uh, essentially about that very thing of like, wow. Oh wow. Like, this paradigm in which, you know, I played out this role as the victim and you played out this role as the hero, like neither no longer serves us. And so what pieces of ourselves actually have to transition and what inner work do we have to do to shift that? Because that's really, you know, the only place that it happens. And so, yeah, whether you're talking yoga or any other kind of helping therapy cognitive behavior whatever like label you slap on it ultimately these are all tools to help you get back to you and do the introspective work to be like okay but how am i showing up in this because unless i do that yeah it's like you know we could create some new relationship agreement like we've you know we've done a lot of these things but it's like oh until we shift this behavior this like i mean it really is just like a deep neurological pathways that we're, we're shifting um yeah then you do you look for the same thing you you'll just like you'll miss it you'll think that there's something missing and you will find another way to recreate it so yeah when we talk about like acknowledging what's not working with the system it's like well we are a part of the system there is no you know in some way um we're we're co-creating it yeah so it's like until we're like oh okay i'm gonna to my part, you know, AA style, you gotta clean up your side of the street <laughs> because that's really the only thing that we ultimately have control over. But then that actually has this beautiful trickle down effect, you know? So I imagine when you showed up in your hometown and were like, hey, I'm coming here to have these curious conversations about, I would think that left a, a, a footprint that, you know, how many more conversations and how much more of this emotional intelligent type communication began to happen in homes and in places and with people as a result of you showing up with your compassion and curiosity to like seek to you know, listen in a, in a new way. Maybe, but I also want to be clear that my intention was never to, that, that might've been like a, a lucky byproduct, but also right. I could not, in order for the project to be effective, I could not come in with some intention of changing people, yeah. right? because I don't want to change people that that's not the nature of trying to understand somebody. Right. It would be a moving target. If like I was both trying to understand somebody while trying to change them. Right. Yeah. Because then the person that they are is shifting anyways. So that wasn't the intent. And I, and I, and I'm trying to get really clear that I like, I think one of the, the, the big divides that exists in our country is sort of the perception that exists amongst folks who are, uh, it's mutual, but there is a, there is a little bit of a story going on that I've seen play out again and again, which is the idea that folks who are sort of 
new age people or liberal people or whatever, that we have sort of evolved and found the better way. And that it is our job to change the folks who are not like, who aren't there or whatever. And that story is the crux of our division, right? Because it already creates hierarchy. It already creates supremacy, right? And so in some ways it shoots us in the foot when we're trying to have conversations about supremacy in other forms, right? Hetero supremacy, white supremacy, et cetera. But we're coming in with our sort of new age supremacy where we're like, our thing that we invented or like Eastern philosophy, like that's the way, Mm -hmm. but your thing that you've been doing, that's lesser than, Right. right? It already breaks the trust, right? Because we're coming in with an assumption of superiority. And I've seen it happen so many times and I've seen it be a non-starter so many times that I'm trying to get really careful about the way that I language things or the way that I like come into spaces that there has to be true peer-to-peer equality and equity in the spaces or the conversation cannot work. Right. And some folks won't even show up to the conversation if they suspect that there's like an air of superiority going on. So it's tr- it's a tricky time to try and bridge build because and this is the self-work, yeah. right? In the sense that I have to really get clear about why I'm doing it and where I'm coming from, because it will be very apparent when I'm in the space. Right. And so I have to do my own self-work and take care of my side of the street. Otherwise, I'm not even prepared to try and facilitate some sort of bridge building conversation. Right. And thank you also for sharing your story about like you and your husband. (laughs) I think that like, it's important that we like be authentic about that type of thing. And I just want to like, yes. And that like, I experience that all the time and marriage is like a trip. It's a, (laughs) it is like one of the, it's one of, I'm realizing now like why it's so effective and why human beings have continued to choose it over time. And we like feel very drawn to this idea. We really we, we need or I need partnership in my self-work mm-hmm. and I need an ally who can be there to sort of like hold me accountable and mirror right. things, but also like hold me capable. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also, also like, I have sort of like a martyrdom like mm-hmm. behavior where mm-hmm. like I will sort of suffer through something I don't want, but underneath the story that's running is like, aren't I fabulous that right. I'm like taking on the burden yeah. of this suffering in force, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, so I'm the neural pathways. You said that before, like, <laughs> I'm also being like, Oh wow, where did that come from? Yeah. And how far back does that go? And yeah. shit, do I have to like, like, do I have to do this again and again and again, just to like become aware of when it's happening and then try and make a right. different decision. It's, a fuck ton of work right? like it's difficult it's really like i'm in it with you too i'm just that's all i'm trying to say it's like i feel you on that one yeah um and i love that i love how you know you're working on these bridge building skills on this more uh i, I use the word like global scale i guess for like but um and also though it's like the, the same fundamental things are prevalent even in the most intimate relationship you know it's this ability yeah like how do you bridge build how do you go in to seek to hold space without having an agenda and that's so much the self-work that you're finding some way to like come into that space still maybe having needs and and still but that um your tank isn't totally on empty right you know because then it's really hard It, it is i would say it's damn near impossible i don't know that i've ever been able to go into a situation like that depleted and not have an agenda for something then because then I'm, I'm in the scarcity place i'm like that's just like survival of the fittest kicks in and it's like hey you know i haven't done my my stuff so i'm gonna try to like milk this <laughs> you literally you just tapped on like legit the story of the last couple months because i just came off of like what ended up being a very difficult production gig And I work, I do a lot of different things. I mean, some things I do to like pay the bills and some things I do to feed my spirit and my heart and some things I do because the world's on fire and we got to show up, you know? And um, I just got off of like a pretty intense production gig and my cup was empty, right? And I started to notice that in my marriage and in some of my relationships that I was actually like not creating harm, but just like because my was so depleted, I didn't have any reserve for like higher consciousness thinking or conversations or certainly like when conflict would arise, I did not have the sort of energetic bandwidth to hold space for that conversation skillfully. So then I'm sort of like, 
you know, I'm like elbowing people accidentally and not realizing it, or it's just ungraceful and unskillful. Right. And I think that this comes to a thing that like my friend and I have, have, were just talking about yesterday, which is like that self care. It's such a buzzword and it's such like a, a thing that like gets floated around, but it really is like, it is non-negotiable, right? And that's something that I need to learn because as soon as I get busy in some sort of project, it's like the self-care goes out the window and then everything snowballs from there, right? But if I can keep the self-care intact, then I can have the difficult conversation with my husband. Then I can have the difficult conversation at work. Then I can dream about the ways I want to build the future, right? But if I neglect that self-care, none of that is accessible, yeah. And it really is like, I always use the reference of dental stuff, but yes. it really is like brushing our teeth. And because it, because the same thing kind of happens, like if you really neglect your teeth, it like fucks up a bunch of other stuff because your mouth is like so connected to everything. And it's like, you know, I, I definitely recognize where I've like coasted on like, what is like the bare mid, what is the, you know, the three, like, you know, cause there's just like, you know, I floss and then I do tongue scraping <laughs> things and then maybe I massage my gums. Right. Or like, did I just do the bare minimum of two minutes of brushing my teeth? And there's a flux of my self-care in that. And so yeah. I recognize when I've been like coasting on the fumes of like, all right, I walked around my garden and check and I start right. treating it like a to do. And so that's, I think one of the trickiest things, especially with self-care becoming, like you said, this like buzz cliche, like um, is to really see it as a non-negotiable in a sense of like, it is like an honor and it is like a devotion to self, not this thing that you have to mark off your your list of like oh fuck fine i got it done i i, I took care of myself are you, are you happy now? honestly <laughs> though if you can at least get that part you're still ahead you're right it's like, a start right like it, to your to use your metaphor you know the difference between not brushing your teeth for two weeks and like doing it sort of like doing a half-ass job mm-hmm. it's still gonna get you it's still a gonna little, get a little right. bit but i i do agree i think where does that come from? Like, and, and this comes, this I think touches on something that's important in all aspects is like, what's the why behind it? Like what is motivating the choice that I'm making? And is it love or is it fear? It almost always comes down to me in some ways of like, is the thing that I'm choosing out of love or out of fear? And what I hear you saying is when I do it begrudgingly checking off the list, it's because I'm afraid if I don't do it, bad things will happen. Right. Right. The other part, the devotional part you're talking about is love. I love myself and I love doing this. And I like, this is, this is important and good for me. Right. They're just there. It's the same objective being accomplished, but coming from two totally different energies. Right. And, and in some ways we could, we could expand this because like you said, everything is the same conversation just happening on different scales. Right. Like everything is a fractal. It's the self-repeating pattern (laughs) that just like scales out and in. And when I think about like bridge building, right where am I bridge building from? Like, where is that conversation coming from? Is it the fear that like the fear that I will experience violence? Is it the fear that our country will be destroyed? Is it the fear that, right? Like those, those are all totally possible ways in which to do this work. Or there could be like, Oh, you're and you're a beautiful human being worthy of love. And I'm interested in you. Right. Or I love my country and I want us to thrive and have prosperity or, or I believe in love, the dream, the vision of what the United States could be about. And I'm invested in kind of co-creating that with my fellow citizens Two totally possible paths in which to create. And two totally possible paths in which to create. And, uh, to, to like but but it feels really different it's sustainably different right like it's so much easier to sustain things that i'm doing out of love than out of yes. fear and it, the experience of it is so much more pleasurable right when it's out of love so absolutely it just it keeps giving um so yeah i realized we were so deep in our conversation <laughs> so that's fine we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break uh, and we will be right back you are listening to ben karen on unbuckled i am your host the intimacy architect christiane bella we'll be right back become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america think about how much sound you hear all the time noise music your own heartbeat what is it made of how does it work how does it affect you the universe of music takes you into the particles of life and the beat of living 
It is an interactive online masterclass of music and science taught by the internationally renowned musician and scholar, Dr. Marcin Bella. Visit theuniverseofmusic.com. That's theuniverseofmusic.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Unbuckled with Christy Ann Bella. Reach out to Christy Ann with any questions or comments at intimacyarchitect at gmail.com. That's intimacyarchitect at gmail.com. Christy Ann welcomes your emails. Now, back to the show. Hello and welcome back. I am Christiane Bella, your Intimacy Architect, and today we've been unbuckling some great stuff about emotional intelligence, bridge building, conversations. Um, just, yeah, showing up in that authentic place. So my guest is Ben Karen, and you can find him on Ben Karen Creates. That's B-E-N-C-A-R-O-N creates.com. Uh, during the break, we actually were talking a little bit about, and I'm, I'm going to get the great reveal with all of you live here right now. Uh, you have a big project that you're organizing for this summer. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for letting me share that with you. And it's partially inspired by the last time that we connected. Um, Basically, you know, I feel that the time has come for us to sort of break out of our bubbles and start to meet each other where we're at. And so um, I've been doing this bridge building work remotely through Zoom for, you know, since before the last election. Um, uh, Actually, I mean, even longer in the sense that I made the web series before that. Um, and I really feel like part of what we are missing in our country right now is a sense of positive exposure in the sense of, I think that when I have a human being in front of me, it is so much easier to recognize their humanity and to feel their energy and to have a true sense of connection. And I think part of what our country suffers from is, I mean, and of course, exacerbated by the pandemic, but a sense of isolation a sense of disconnectedness from one another. It's so much easier to dehumanize other people when we feel entirely disconnected from them. And part of what I realized is that we don't actually visit each other in each other's spaces very much in the sense of, you look at all these sort of divides that exist you know, in the country. We're, we're like a wildly segregated country in almost every possible way, right? We're segregated by race still, as far as what areas of town people generally live in. A lot of people are segregated in their friend group, you know, but we're also segregated politically, uh, ideologically. We're separate, segregated oftentimes religiously or spiritually from one another. All these ways in which we sort of can perceive difference, we've sort of self-organized and separated from one another and created these little bubbles, which then are reinforced again by Facebook and social media, which sort of surround us in a world in which we're surrounded by folks who look like us, speak like us, you know, think like think like us, um, believe like us, right? And so what I'm organizing, and this is obviously going to be contingent on how the pandemic unfolds from here, but the dream, the vision is to create essentially a caravan. Um, and I'm calling it sort of like the, the tagline is like, it's like burning man on wheels nice. or it's yeah. basically an intention of taking anybody who is interested and creating a caravan of, of, of vehicles that are sort of moving together as a pack, right. right? And creating a route that goes through the country. And this is what I was doing last summer when, when we connected yes, was yeah. I was on a pilgrimage and I've been doing this every summer for the last like five years. I do a long, like six week drive from one side of the country and back. And I've always done it by myself. And now I want to do it with my friends and with collaborators, um, you know, with my fellow Americans, mm-hmm. right? And so the idea is to establish a route where we know what our path is and we plan out events within each community, right? And some of these events are gonna be about facilitating a sense of greater community with folks who already have values aligned with one another. So some of it is not necessarily bridge building in the sense of taking two sort of opposing or different people, 
groups of people, but some of it is going to be sort of inter-community in the sense of like, you know, folks who are generally interested in like healing modalities or transformational work, like there's a big international community of us and we don't always necessarily know each other exist. So part of it is like one part of the caravan will be dropping into Nashville and having an event that is about bringing folks who have these shared values and shared mission together to connect and create a greater global sense of community amongst those folks. But some of the events that are going to be organized will be the opposite of that in the sense that it will be folks who have really different sets of values or really different sense of culture or ideology or whatever, and finding ways to facilitate these conversations that are about greater understanding, right? Healing the divides that exist. And some of it also is just going to be about fun, you know, in the sense of like, we might rent out like a section of Yellowstone, you know, in their big campgrounds and just decide like, there's this many number of spots and the yeah. folks that want to come and be a part of that, like, come, you know, it, it's, it's what I've been doing. Like in the last five years, I've been doing this trip where I go to national parks, I visit friends and family. I visit folks, you know, different, you know, healing centers. We, we you and I were yeah. at elevation central together. Um, elevation station central central yeah okay i don't know why in my head i was like is that right elevation central yeah we were at elevation central together so it's really that but but in a more of a communal sort of experience where i say burning man on wheels because at burning man when you go there you are sort of you have this personal responsibility you have like your life worked out as far as like food um your transportation your lodging like you're you're accountable for that right my hope is that people will find this experience so rewarding that we'll continue to do it over every summer and folks will be like, okay, well this summer I could only get like two weekends off of work. So I'm going to meet you from Nashville to North Carolina, you know, and we're going to do that two weeks extent. sort of like if you're like a fish head or like a grateful dead head, you know, like, you know where the tour is Mm -hmm. and you've decided these are the areas that I'm going to go participate in. Right. And so it's, it's this invitation to be a part of a movement that is committed to healing our country by creating greater relationships and greater connections with our fellow citizens. And, um, you know, that lights me up as a, as a possibility. It's already what I was doing anyways, but it's like, now I get to do it with my friends. Um, and I'm super stoked to, uh, right now I don't, I have like, I'm, I'm trying to like workshop. What is the name of this thing? I'm just calling it the caravan right now. I I don't know if it's like, the caravan of compassion, the caravan of kindness. Like I'm, I need to like ask people like, mm-hmm. how does this land with you? How does this land with you? Because one of the things I've learned is that language is so yes. important in bridge building because we use really different language based on which culture we're a part of. And if language, if the language of the project already feels alienating, like, oh, that's for them over there, or I can't be a part of that. It already shoots that whole project in the foot from go right so i have to figure out what is the language how do i articulate what we're up to in a way that it feels accessible and welcoming to every group of people right which is a difficult task because not everybody (laughs) likes everything right um but that's like the that's the that's the manifesting that i'm doing that's the sort of like that's the wizard work i'm up to right now is i'm like pulling it in from Mm -hmm. kind of like the ether into the the real yeah Formless into the form. Formless into the form, yes. yeah. And that's that's sort of what my superpower is. So I'm excited to see it actualized. Because you've already had a taste of it too. So now it's like that framework is there to to create this and expand it to marry together this beautiful bridge building work, your own personal adventures, and this way to yeah, to kind of like unite all of that. It's all it's just connecting it. the dots. Everything everything that I'm talking about, I've already done just not as a continuous experience. So Mm -hmm. now it's about how do we organize, how do I organize this in a way that takes care of everybody's needs? It feels accessible to everybody. It feels exciting to everybody, but certainly all of it has already happened in the past. So it's not, it's not some like wild thing that is inaccessible. Like it's Mm -hmm. totally accessible. And if people want to like learn more about it, I, I, I've been maintaining for the last gosh, at least 15 years, an email list that is pretty consistent where um, just building folks over time with more and more people. And I have, you know, uh, many thousands of folks on this email list now. And I have built this really, uh, what I think is a very cool community of people who are connected with all the different things that that I'm sort of creating, which is why my website is called Ben Karen Creates. Right. 
And so if anybody wants to sign up for the email list on bencarencreates.com, that's the best way for you to sort of like hear about these invitations that are going to be extended eventually. But I'm very much in the, it's like the seedling stage of it. But I also know that the more that I say it out loud Mm -hmm. and the more people that hear it, the more likely that it will become real. Mm -hmm. So I'm grateful to like have the platform to be able to speak it to you and speak it to people who are listening. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much for calling it. Yes. Into being. Um, So yes, once again, that's bencarencreates.com and it'll also be on the Voice America. uh, Um, And when you go to Ben Karen Creates, I mean, you can see all the things that you've already created with community. You've created multiple albums with community support, Um, you know, this, this whole video series, like obviously literally like, so I love, when people can take the, these formless, you know, cause it's one thing to be an inspired creative person. It's another to actually like have the that third chakra in effect mm. to like put things into action and, and to ignite that, that fire and bring it into reality. So I love when I, you know, see people who are just like, it's, it's happening. It's yeah. Well, and, and to just yes. And what you're saying, I'm only really capable, I found I'm only capable of doing that in community mm-hmm. because there's the accountability of like right. folks, folks, when, when I say something out loud to people, there is a trust that is being invited in there. Trust me that what I say, it will be true, right? And that it, it, that I am capable of making it real. Yeah. And that trust is so like critical to me in my life that I it drives me, it inspires me to yeah. want to make the thing real because I don't want to be the person who's not of my word, right. you know? And also, there, so there's that accountability, but there's also the, the holding capable aspect in the sense that my friends and my community, they cheer me on and they are, they are also secondary eyes and ears who are looking for resources and looking for opportunities and sending me emails being like, oh yeah, you're doing this. Well, I know somebody who does such and such and you should connect with them. And almost always, that to me is always divine. Like that is right. the universe speaking through somebody because they got an intuitive hit they heard something, something in them, like drove them to move. It drove them to move towards me and share information. And I almost always perceive that as like messages from the universe that are being transmitted through the messenger that is this person who loves me, right? If it's coming from love, it's from the universe, right? Because the universe is composed of love, right? And so anytime that somebody comes forward with an idea that's born from love, I know that it's come from some sort of divine place, right? Oh, I love that. I love it circles also back around to what you're saying about about growth in partnership. You know, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Teal Swan. Um, So she's a great author and and I've been following her on TikTok. Her TikToks are awesome. Um, So she was talking about this as well, like uh, that, you know, a big part because we are creatures like literally like it is in our like basic human programming to to be a collective to be Mm. pods to be tribes to be social creatures so yes like there is an aspect of like take care of yourself like you're saying you know show up with some sense of uh responsibility for yourself but we do so much in relation like Mm -hmm. there's certain things that i think you know we can only learn be a relationship, be a connection, be a community. Um, and you get to see that on all sides. You get to see that in like, what are we capable of building together as a community? What are we capable of, of bringing this around of like introducing new communities to this idea of what it means to interact with people who are like you and expanding on that, but also people who are new to this and who have, you know, a varying degrees of perspectives and stories. Um, so yeah, so I'm I'm super excited about the idea of, of yeah of, of allowing this uh, expansion of relationship. Yeah, and that's what's sort of been lost in some senses, right? Is our sense of relationship to one another, you know? And I, I mean, I'm talking on the sort of like, well, I guess you could say all all levels of the fractal are suffering from this at the same time. But you know, the United States inside of our country, I think that it. I have witnessed in conversation with people, I've heard in conversation with people saying like, I literally don't know how to relate to uncle such and such who believes this, you know, I do not feel related to this person, even though we are like actually blood relation, 
I do not feel related. And this, that's the nature of a relationship, right? It's like, are we connected to one another? Do we have some sort of mutual investment in each other's well-being? And I think if you look at what's been happening sort of, you know, uh, in the sort of like political machinations, what's missing is that mutual care and investment in each other's well-being, right? We have sort of become divorced from one another. We are no longer a United States. We are a divided states, right? And so for me, relationship is totally the core of it. And it's built person by person by person, right? It's, it's very hard to relate to a group of people. It's so much easier to relate to a person right. in front of me, right? So that's, what, that's the experience that I'm trying to cultivate. Yeah, and I think that's so important because in, like you're saying, most of us, like you were talking about your hometown in the beginning and this idea of like the, the huge technology gap in the time. So yeah, so it used to be if you grew up in a small town, that was it. Like you knew the 10 people, 20, you know, who lived in it. But now because of technology, you could live in a small town and feel like you're connected on this ginormous global scale. But it connects us again in these pods, mm-hmm. you know, which is great in a lot of ways because it's like, oh, wow, I feel like I'm not alone. Like I, I can go online right now and find other queer polyamorous people, who, right. you know. Um, but at the same time, if that's my only space where I'm not like, OK, well, I, there's a lot of facets to me. Maybe there's some place where you and I cross over that I had no idea, you know, because I was in my little pod trying to feel safer in my identity than being willing to like be open and explore and and be introduced to new ideas or find out new facets of myself, be willing to be vulnerable to, you know, share things about me that maybe I'm still sorting out. Um, So yeah. So this idea of being able to like have that transparency to go in and and, curiosity again, just like the curious caravan. The curious caravan. (laughs) Well, it will be very curious, won't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if it's like rolling through your town, you might be like, wow, this is, cur- this is quite curious. Uh, yes, and I will say yes and what you just said. To me, social media is, it, it's interesting because I think that there is sort of like a demonization or a villainization that, that exists around social media. And I think that just like anything, there's a shadow and there's a light, right? And part of it has to do with who is sort of, like we obviously in, in the news of late, there was sort of revelations around the ways that the algorithms are designed to sort of sow division because that type of content generally gets a lot more engagement, right? When people are afraid, they tend to sort of, they, they, they act on their, their impulses, right? On their fear. Where, but also there is this beautiful possibility of, like you said, community building, bridge building that can exist, connecting with folks who are like-minded or even differently, you know, differently minded, different minded, <laughs> uh, different minded from you uh, who, uh, across the world. And I think in some ways, some of the better things that have happened historically in the last 20 years, I would say even like j- just to speak as a queer person marriage equality, I think, was probably only made possible through the internet, right? It was it was made possible through this sense of, like, this th- these types of folks that maybe you, you would never have actually had any exposure to in your everyday life, you're now having, you know, exposure to, and you're also, you're also witnessing relationships. Like, like, I remember when marriage equality was sort of, you know, especially in California with Prop 8, which I was very involved in, was sort of, and you were there at the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was such a big conversation that was happening within California. And I remember friends and allies making a point to stand with us on social media and say, I am an ally for queer people. Like I am. And I think that that type of, that that type of use of Mm -hmm. the internet where we like uplift and support and show love for one another It's the love and fear thing, right? Mm-hmm. What is actually channeling through the channel? Is the channel filled with love or is the channel filled with fear? And I've tried my very best that if I'm going to be present in a digital space, I try to only come through with love, right? Because there's already enough yeah. fear, right? And so I'm committed to filling that space with as much love as possible. Um, and that's what, I mean, I don't participate a lot in social media at this point, mostly as a form of self-care, but when I do, I try to fill it with something that I feel like will be of service Mm -hmm. and will elevate the conversation and will invite us into love. Right. Absolutely. It is, uh, yeah, they're all tools, you know, it's all just how, how we're deciding to integrate them. Um, and I think love is always a wonderful place to, to be making choices from 
and it's a practice. It is for sure fucking practice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I'm grateful for every opportunity. So we've got um, just a few minutes left. So one last time, uh, Ben Karen creates be uh, in the know of this upcoming caravan project to uh, to share community and, and all kinds of. And a lot more. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm emailing. You know, probably every like two weeks or once a month. So I don't try and like I don't overuse right. my privilege of being present in your life, right? Because I think that I would, the last thing I want to be is sort of spamming or creating like uh, creating less clarity within your digital world. But I, I'm always really trying to be very clear and impactful with what yeah. what I'm sharing and making sure that it's elevating like the conversation or right. sort of just like giving people opportunities to access experiences that are going to be transformational or be healing or or just really help us on these missions that I think a lot of us share with one another, which is to try and fill the world with more love than currently exists in it, right? So if you if you sign up for the email list, you'll yes, you'll hear about the caravan, but along the way you'll hear about I'm I'm involved in the Human Library Organization, which is this beautiful bridge building international nonprofit. Um, I, I'm involved with Braver Angels, so I, I funnel through a lot of Braver Angels content. I also have music um, that I've written that is really about personal transformation that you can all you can find either through the website or via my email list. So all that to say, yes, you'll hear about the caravan, but there's also a lot more going yeah. on there too. Yes. And the music alone. I mean, that was how this whole thing started. I yeah, was just I guess, so yeah. <laughs> moved by, by your music and the message of love and, and, you know, and witnessed firsthand, like the community that was created around that. So that was just so beautiful. And I'm so grateful that we got to have this conversation. Yeah, Um, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, really wonderful. Um, So thank you all for listening. I am grateful for every single one of you out there. Thank you for unbuckling along the way, unpacking uh, and and going through the process of, of really being willing to witness and listen. And I am so grateful to get to share these stories with you. I am your intimacy architect, Christiane Bella, and this has been Unbuckled with Ben Karen. Take care. Thank you for listening to Unbuckled. You can join Christiane Bella for another program with amazing guests, stories, and advice every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be sure to check out our new show coming soon.